everyone, I'm Lily. And I'm Anna, and welcome back to At Home With Lily and Anna. A podcast where we catch up every week from our homes in London and Brighton. It's the penultimate episode, and this time round we're discussing living abroad. Something that comes up a lot whenever we ask for questions, but obviously we have very little experience with. So we've enlisted the help of Lily's best mate Hannah for her top tips and her story of moving to Australia which I'm not going to lie, like it, it just will make you want to move tomorrow, right? <laughs> Definitely. I, from that interview, we've done the interview already at the time I'm recording this intro and I'm like, damn, <laughs> I want to move to Australia. Yeah. It's an amazing story. Hi, Anna. How are you? Are we going to pretend we haven't spoken for an hour? Oh my God, has it been an hour? <laughs> we've discussed chipsticks. Oh. Oh, Maltesers. <laughs> <laughs> I've basically gone through my Ocado shopping list with Anna. Um, yeah, we've had a good old catch up, but we you know, such a good catch up. But we, there's more. There's always more. Of course, there's more. How how are you? I feel like I I, I know what your peak of the week is going to be. Oh, my peak of the week is such an obvious one. I had a week off, oh. and I spent I spent a lot of time catching up with people that I hadn't seen in a very long time, and actually that was really nice. But we also went away. We went away. I haven't been away. When was the last time I went away? Last October, I think. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was so lovely. We went to a place called the Newt in Somerset. It was a bit confusing all weekend, though, because they kept asking for our second name. Oh, gosh. Newton. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, Newton. <laughs> the Newtons at the Newt. It was all like, it was like ah. <laughs> But it was so lovely. Yes, this was the holiday that I bought off of uh, Lily's sister and brother-in-law. And it was it was just so wonderful. We did, we did a long weekend and it felt like the perfect amount of time, like a Friday to a Monday. That extra little bit on Monday mm. felt like such a treat. Because you got this, those full days on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, I had a pregnancy massage, oh. my first ever pregnancy massage, although I burped through all of it basically and had to apologize i had oh, to apologize no, used to it was this the sort of one where you have to lie on your side yes which for me is prime burping position oh. so she laid me on my side and she rubbed my back and she pushed out all my burps <laughs> i said i am so sorry i have no control <laughs> over my bodily functions <laughs> she was like it's all right it's normal she was really sweet about it she was like it's normally my tummy rumbling and i was like well it's my turn <laughs> That's so funny. It was very funny, but the foot massage section was a particular highlight. Oh. Um, and Mark went to the spa, and because of all the restrictions, he had the whole spa to himself. And imagining him just floating around in the spa on his own, I like quizzed him after. I was like, "What did you do?" He was like, "Well, I went to the steam room, and then you know when they have those um, those sort of like waterfalls that go on your neck." <laughs> Just imagining him on his own. This huge pool. Like, just really crap me yeah, up. That's really funny. We ate lovely food. Um, they've got really nice gardens there, actually. You can visit for the day. You can visit their gardens. And there's like a farm shop, like really tasty ice cream and places to eat. Um, so yeah, it was lovely. We did a gardening tour, which Mark obviously said was his highlight of the week. Wow. Of course. It sounds so nice. And they give you a golf buggy to get from one part of the hotel to the other. That's that like the most highlight. fun. Yeah. It was so fun. Although Mark's hay fever was next level. So whenever we went on the golf buggy, he had to wear his mask. That was me when I went to Calcott Manor. I wore my mask the entire time I was outside. <laughs> no. Countryside hay fever is like next level. 
got there and like instantly started sneezing. Thankfully, there was a boot six minutes down the road, so Puritan was purchased. Gavis gone. Oh gosh, I'm burping. I'm burping now. Gavis gone for me. Puritan for him. We were fine. But no, it was it was a love. It was a really really nice weekend. What about you? Do you have a peak of the week? Um, no, no peak of the week. I feel like my week has been <laughs> no. the same as always. I've cleared out my loft. Can't say it was a peak. It was exhausting. What is my, I've got a top of the box. Oh, of course you have. Of course you have. It's, it's one I've probably mentioned before, but this back with a new season and I am pumped. Handmaid's Tale. It's oh, so good. Okay. It's not the time for you to be starting it because it's, it's, there's many seasons and it's intense. So like save it <laughs> till you've had the baby and okay. all you're doing is sitting around and watching TV, but yeah. it's so good. Anyone listening, if you haven't ever watched it, like to start it, you will find my sisters have just started it and they're like, does it get better or like less weird or, or more clear? And I'm like, yeah, it's really weird and confusing at first, but it's <laughs> so brilliant. And last night's episode was unreal and me and Rich are just so happy it's back. Uh, what what channel was that on? Um, what one of your many streaming services? Yeah, I'm now I'm now, <laughs> I'm now watching it on Apple TV, but that I, I feel like it wasn't always on there. I can't remember where it's like originally on. I do really want to watch it because I've read the books, and the books oh. are like next level, blow your mind. Oh, it's so good! If you've read the books, then you'll definitely like it. I think. Um, yeah, it's just brilliant. So also, can I, can I say that your, your weekend of organization, I mean, I tried to stay off of Instagram, but I, I kept up to date with a few of my faves, your <laughs> fave. Um, your organization, I was just, I was loving it. It was making me want to organize. And like what you did with the Glossier pouches. Oh, oh. I, don't know, I don't know where it came from. I think I suddenly got into like nesting mode. Rich was like, it was like 11 PM and I was like sorting the fridge and he was like, this is so weird. Normally I'm like asleep by like nine. <laughs> so I don't know what got into me, but yeah, I was just in organization mode and yeah, loving it. You had your vacuum bags out, like you. Oh, were, I love those vacuum it. bags. That should be that should be a show and tell. The vacuum bag. We had like six, seven <laughs> massive bo- plastic boxes, and we put all the clothes into these vacuum bags. And, like sucked all the air out, and now they just fit under our bed. Unreal. There you go. That's Lily's <laughs> vacuum pack bags. <laughs> I do have a top of the box as well. Yeah. Um, Because I didn't realise this was on Netflix. I saw that it was out and it was happening, but I didn't realise that we were getting it on Netflix in the UK. But Drag Race All Stars Season 6. You know know I love Drag Race. I watch all of them. I did watch the one down under. Would say it's it's not my favourite season. I'm, I'm very sad for like my Australian and New Zealand fellow watchers because I felt like you didn't get the season that you deserved. The UK season was fab. Season 13, it went on forever. But, you know, at least it's something to watch. But Drag Race All-Stars Season 6, I feel like it's it's the redemption. <laughs> it's back and it's just, it's enjoyable. It's fun. It, it's just, it's just brilliant. Oh my God. <laughs> Lily, they did this lip sync to do a Leaper physical and I can't stop re-watching the clip on YouTube. It's just, it's fabulous. <laughs> it's... <laughs> fabulous there's death drops there's splits there's it was it was amazing so I think it's out on like a Thursday or something it comes on to Netflix but if you want just fun just something fun highly recommend cool do you have anything else do you have a hundred percent young I've got a watch like share repeat but it's not specific but I'll try and leave some links in the show notes oh okay food reels just in general you are obsessed you are obsessed I know but I did just tell you before we started this that I'm in like 
that part of pregnancy where I'm starting to really enjoy eating food again and I'm like I'm loving doing the food shop so it's yeah. all kind of tying in with the same thing food reels are just getting to me I keep I'm saving them every time one gets suggested <laughs> to me I'm like yes I want to eat that and I'm just the noodles and like I just find them so satisfying I'm saving recipes <laughs> left right and center and I'm just a bit obsessed with food reels I just love that you're like noodles <laughs> noodles I saw this noodle it's recipe like noodles. oh my god it's so good and then the bruschetta one I like messaged my friend Jake last night. I was like, why are you not making food reels? Like, you're so good at cooking. You could be this guy, like sending him links. He was like, I can't be bothered. I don't want to. And I was like, you have to. I want to watch them. (laughs) I do think, and you shared um, some of Callie Thorpe's food reels. Oh, yeah. Her food reels are delicious. I did that. I did some like food prep, vegetable washing of my own this weekend. Lily, you have been so on it this weekend. I don't know why. It's amazing. I know. You definitely are nasty. <laughs> you prepped your vegetables. <laughs> yep. My cherry tomatoes are in a glass container. <laughs> Life is great. It's because I have a new fridge. I'll tell you about that soon. That's why I'm very excited. Oh. Right. Should we actually get on to the episode? Yes. Let's get on to the episode because people, I, f- I feel like this comes up, like living abroad, advice, you know, or I'm new here, like any advice. Lily and I were very boring. Like we've never lived abroad. Uh, no, I have travelled in you my gap year. I went yes. to Thailand for a month. I went to Australia for a month. I went to Fiji. I went to LA. Done a lot of travelling in my lifetime. Um, and when I was younger, I've been to like all over the world. But no, I've never gone somewhere without a return flight, which is definitely yeah. a big difference. Have you yeah. ever, ever considered it? Yes. I have. Ooh, have you? Yeah, because I was obsessed, <laughs> was obsessed with the hills and the city when I was younger. to like LA. Yeah, so it was like, oh my God, like, no, more more New York, I think. Oh. I went on a, I mean, a school trip to New York, like, can you believe? Like, I must have begged my parents to let me go on that. That's amazing. Um, ridiculous. That was when we were in sick form. It was a business studies trip, apparently. <laughs> But I feel like the teachers just got a little bit jolly and we all just had a grand old time, like getting a bit lost in New York. And I think from that, I was like, New York is just, I'm going to go there and make it. Like, <laughs> I, I definitely had that feeling. And then I also became really obsessed with, um, there was a Channel 4 series. I can't remember what it was called, but it was all about families that were relocating to Australia. Oh, yeah. Um, New Life Down New Under Life or Down something. Under. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it was called. And I was just, and my parents loved watching it. And they were just like, oh, girls, like, you should just move to Australia. Like, it's amazing. And it, again, like, the weather, it's just, ugh, just looked like a great place to move to, really. So I've, de- I've considered it, but that's in a very, like, pie in the sky. I didn't really look into it or, like, make any serious plans. Yeah. I, I've always said, like, if I moved, I'd move to New York. Although now I have kids, I feel quite differently about that. But... I just, I've never even let it entertain my mind because I couldn't be away from my friends and family. But we often all say like, it's so annoying that you're just born where you're born. Like, I love where I live. I love the UK. I love London. But the weather is pants. And sometimes (laughs) I just think like, why can't we all just move to Australia together or all move? Because then it doesn't matter. As long as your friends and family are there, you're going to love it. (laughs) <laughs> like we should just all move together. Do you know what I mean? It's so annoying that you're just used to where you grow up. So that's the most Lily thing to be like, I'd move if every single person. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone else I know, me. like kind of hates the weather and stuff here too. So it probably would happen, but everyone thinks I can't move and be away from my friends and family. We all just need to move together. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely think that I could have an amazing life in other countries, but I 
top priority for me has been near friends and family. So I've never really entertained it. Rich definitely would. Yeah. But he's never said it seriously enough. Like he went and lived in Australia for a year in his gap year. Um, he's like, oh, I'd love to at some point. But I'm like, yeah, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because now I think about it. I actually follow a lot of people. I follow, like I love Tama. And she has relocated to New York and just yeah. has this. It's funny, like the people I follow online, I'm thinking of people who have relocated to New York. I love, yeah. I love like watching their stories. And then I follow a lot of Australian bloggers as well. And I love watching their stories. So mm. it's funny how you sort of have these dreams and then actually you still, you still kind of, you know, I obviously like haven't a hundred percent let go of it because I, I love watching that kind of content online. Yeah. And traveling for me will be really important. Hopefully one day, God, it breaks my heart. I haven't been able to take Gray on holiday, but as my kids get older, I want them to see the world. It's so important to me. So like, yeah, I think it's important to experience different cultures and stuff, but I think we'll probably stay here. Imagine having a holiday home. That is the dream. Like being able to live where you live, but have like a second home somewhere fancy. Being fancy schmancy (laughs) enough to have a second holiday home. I say to Mark all the time, I'm like, we need, like, we don't know anyone with a holiday home. Like a holiday home. Actually, my parents have a camper van and we're now very excited about that because we're like, oh, we can borrow their camper van and go. Can you go to Australia in it? Yeah, but I, see, I love a UK family. I grew up on a UK family holiday. So to me, I'm like, take me to the Lake District. Like, yeah, it's beautiful. nice. I like the Lake, but I, it's the weather for me. I want, I, I want different weather. Anyway, we know actually quite a few people in our lives who have made that move. Like for yes. me, Keisha, my friend Keisha, she lived in New York for a while. And now she pretty much permanently lives in Jamaica. And my friend Hannah moved to Australia. She's now returned um, she was there for three years. So this episode, as Anna mentioned earlier, is an interview, a chat with Hannah, who is fab. You guys are going to love oh, her. She's the best. She is the best. Um, and she shares some really interesting things about moving abroad and the whole process and making friends. So we'll get onto that soon. You also know quite a few people who have moved abroad. Yeah, I've, uh, through recording this episode, I don't know why it completely just like went out of my mind that I have a friend who lived in Madrid I'm not 100% sure for how long. It was definitely like a good couple of years. She was a teacher out there and she actually like started a long term or well, long distance relationship while she was out there with someone who lived back in the UK and now they're married and it's wonderful. Um, but it's it's kind of, she posts about Madrid a lot. She has lots of friends that still like live over there. She's desperate to go back like and see them all. Um, and she said something she probably posted the other day. She's like, once you live somewhere, then your your heart is always in two different places. Oh. She's like, home is like, she's got like two different homes. So, and we've actually been to Madrid with her, which was incredible. Like she is the best local tour guide. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was amazing. And then my sister, who I haven't seen for two years, guys. I haven't That's seen my ridiculous. sister for two years. Um, she actually left in December, 2018. And spent the first part of 2019 traveling around Southeast Asia. And viewers of my YouTube channel might remember that I met her in Bali. And we had a little sister vacation. That's cute. Which honestly feels like a dream now. Like it was, <laughs> it was such a good trip. One of my favorite places I've ever visited. Like, I think it took me three flights to get there. It took me like a whole day to get there. <laughs> but it was so worth it. So like just a beautiful, beautiful place. The locals are so friendly and welcoming and the local cuisine is just amazing as well. 
Um, she had a short visit back to the UK in June 2019 and then moved to New Zealand. I ain't seen her since. <laughs> Why? Why New Zealand? She... Had she been... I feel like when she was travelling around Southeast Asia, I feel like she did visit New Zealand for a bit, did she? Or maybe someone recommended it. When you travel, everyone bangs on about New Zealand. Like, it is one of those places that everyone loves. Yeah, I can't remember. Sorry, I, I went to I went to WhatsApp her this morning. She ain't been seen on WhatsApp for, like, two <laughs> days, which means that she's, like, in a hut up the side of the mountain somewhere. Um, I'm not sure if she actually had been i actually don't think she had been to new zealand before she just can i went. just say like that anxiety if my child moved to new zealand and like she hasn't been on whatsapp for two days like great sorry no you're not allowed <laughs> i cannot deal like... with that that's what i can't deal with people living abroad like you can't know where they are all the time <laughs> like if it's family that stressed me out but then she normally she does say like if she's ever like out of signal for like a long period of time she will okay. say good um i'm yeah actually i'm pretty sure she hadn't visited New Zealand um but obviously Mark and I had gone there for our honeymoon absolutely loved it and my sister is like she just loves a bit of research so she had done her research she went there on a working holiday visa that has been kept being extended due to COVID so it's meant she's got to travel but she's also got to work and I was racking my brain just trying to think of all the jobs that she's done while she's out there this is I mean this might not even be everything She's done cleaning, fruit picking, childcare, teaching assistant, worked at a winemaking facility and also been a waitress. But then, but there might be more. Like she's just constantly, oh, she's been a, um, her latest thing is being a subject in like a medical trial. Like she has oh done God. it all. Like she's like, oh, this is my new job this week. We're like, okay, oh cool. It's a um, proper life experience. Yeah. And she, she has a camper van. So she lives in that um, when she's traveling or, or stays in like little huts on the side of mountains and sends us photos that are beautiful. Um, or she stays in hostels or like short-term rentals when she's working. And she's also done these help exchanges where she lives with a family and helps them out with whatever they need in return for accommodation and food. Um, and through that, she's just, she like actually has another family out there now. <laughs> like through that, she's met this family that she goes back to all the time. She spent Christmas day with them. When they're in lockdown, she spent lockdown with them. Um, so yeah, she's having a wonderful time. Wow, wonderful sounds time. amazing. Um, so before we introduce Hannah and listen to that chat I thought it might also be helpful to like get a bit of info from Keisha only because the difference I guess is Hannah moved to Australia with her boyfriend so they were both going together to a new country Mm -hmm. and Australia is also you know English speaking very like western country whereas Keisha's situation was quite different she was moving to Jamaica which is where her boyfriend lived so moving Mm. on her own to his country Mm. and also Jamaica's quite a different country really it was quite a culture shock I think so I asked her about it and she said and I said like what was it like moving to like it was it more settling for you knowing you're moving there where he's already got a home and everything's Mm. set up for you and she said the familiarity helped as I went about the day today but then I realized that moving to my boyfriend's country where he did have his life in place and I didn't actually started to make me feel less settled, which I thought was really interesting. She said, and a bit more resentful without sounding dramatic. He had his gym, which I went to, his car, which he drove, his job, which I helped with, and his friends who I saw. So she, I think she almost felt a bit like 
she was just trying to slip into his life and yeah. a bit of an outsider and it took her a bit longer to get settled. So she said, I knew I had to get my own routine and rhythm in place. First was the car, because that's like a lifeline of independence there because you can't really walk around where she lives. And then gym, she's got her own gym. The His friends were her friends, but that circle grew. So she made her own friends. So she said, moving to where he lived helped me settle, but then I also had to find my own way. So that was quite interesting if you are like moving to be with someone, you know? Yeah, takes a while. Exactly. I asked about like whether, how was it moving from the UK to Jamaica? And she said it was definitely a culture shock. Um, You know, Jamaica's technically a third world and also a developing country. So it's quite different moving from the UK there. She said the pace of getting things done, she's still getting used to like years later, like island time is their way of life and it's definitely an adjustment. She said the lack of online accessibility is quite different from what she's used to. Like you can't get Amazon there um, and any sort of deliveries. In fact, it's like you can't really get anything delivered there because the import, you have to kind of get it sent to Miami and it's quite complicated. So different really to what we're used to. She said the price of things is so expensive because there's less competition. So most things are imported and not local, which I didn't know and I wouldn't have expected actually like on an island. Um, She said essentially the way the country's run is still taking some time for her to get used to so I just thought that was quite interesting hearing from someone that's moved to like a country that's really quite different yeah and and also I guess her and Hannah's stories are different because Keisha is there indefinitely yeah she's now married and they have a child and that's that's their home whereas Hannah like you said has returned so it's kind of two different two different stories really of like someone who's gonna kind of be there possibly forever and and Hannah who's already moved on to the next chapter yeah exactly so I'm excited for you guys to hear our chat with Hannah I think you're gonna love it oh you're gonna love her literally we finished we finished the call and then I just messaged Lily and I was like I love Hannah so much <laughs> she is great she's so, the best enjoy enjoy <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. It's funny having you here. Thanks for having me. I've been waiting for an invite, but I obviously didn't have much to say about anything else. So. I know, Anna, Hannah was like, this is my moment. I was like, oh my God. She's like, wait go. four years for this, girls. Like four <laughs> years. And now finally, finally you're a guest. Thank you for spending your Thursday afternoon with us. Oh, no, it's morning. It's morning. Definitely morning. It's 10.30 in the morning. <laughs> that, that just shows where my head is at right now. <laughs> so we wanted to chat to you about all things moving abroad. Um, but before we do, like no one listening will know anything about you. So can you tell our lovely listeners like why we have you here today? Where did you move? With who? When? You know, all the details. Sure, yeah. Um, so I, well, I got married in 2017 to a guy named Mike. And um, we kind of got married and we looked around after we got married and we were like, oh, what should we do? Everybody's getting married and having babies and thinking about buying houses and stuff. And we were like, oh, I don't really feel ready for any of those things. And we had been kind of flirting, I would say, with the idea of moving abroad for about, I don't know, five to 10 years. We'd been talking about it and it had never really been right in each of our careers. And um, it just felt like if we don't do it now, we're never going to do it. So we, I think, got married in the end of August and we were gone by December 
and wow. it was quite a yeah it was quite extreme in That's fact <laughs> yeah it was quick extreme uh on another probably another conversation is that if I could redo my time I would have given our families a bit more warning um <laughs> to let the news settle in but um yeah so and we decided to choose Sydney because um why did we even choose Sydney we I have family in Sydney and have always loved it and have been a couple of times and we just really wanted to experience a more outdoor way of life and just you know like really really like take advantage of all the like beaches walks hiking um and <clears throat> I um I think Mike had never been to Australia and I was a little bit nervous about the fact that like we were moving and he had never even been to this country. I I remember that. I remember like you're moving somewhere you've never been. That is, you're really putting all your trust in that. Yeah, yeah, big time. But I just knew, I knew he would love it. I I really just got it. And then obviously the language thing is kind of handy because whilst I like to think that I'm an excellent Spanish speaker, it's, you know, it's not really um, off this level. So um, that it was kind of we were debating: is it America? Is it Australia? And then it was kind of lots of things going on in America at that time. So we were like, okay, let's go to Australia and make sure that we kind of really like take advantage of what the country has to offer whilst having um, having a job. That was our plan. It's funny that you say that it was all a bit sudden because I feel like you were talking about it forever. Like it was, I feel like it was a really long process. Um, But how did you make that like final decision to like? actually yeah we're just gonna go because I remember it was quite a hard decision for you yeah it was hard um how did I make that find that fun I I actually just thought I had this we had this moment where we were like if we don't do this now it's going to be like five years time you know hopefully we would like have kids and we'll be hopefully one have a house and stuff and we'll be like oh my gosh we'll never go and um I think that's what really drove it actually in some ways it was quite inconvenient timing for us because I was in a job that I loved and things like that but it was the like if not now when conversation that we had which was like we got to bite the bullet and go and I guess sorry another thing is um like having the confidence and maybe it's unfounded confidence but the confidence that it will probably be all right like we probably will get jobs and when we come back we will probably get a job that we like again um and obviously nothing's guaranteed but I guess kind of just like saying hey we'll we'll be able we'll be all right we'll be able to do it that's just you to a t that like positivity gut feeling it's all gonna work out in the end yeah you have that feeling I think um through uh lots of stuff that was like happening in my life at the time I was kind of thinking oh my gosh can't be about the final destination it has it it has to be about the journeys that and this is like part of the journey and actually um now obviously we've returned um Mike and I have stopped talking about things like our forever home and all these things about this everything being so finite and like this destination that we're trying to get to and like we've got to start thinking about our life as chapters and we just wanted to make this chapter really awesome and just go for it and actually maybe be a bit selfish and do all the things that we love like as a young married couple and so on um yeah and now we've kind of closed that chapter and now we're on to our next chapter that's a really good way of looking at it like the journey not the end goal because I remember saying to you and this really like shows our different personalities I remember saying to you but like 
Like, everyone knows how amazing Australia is. I've been incredible. The lifestyle must be so much better than here. Like, I said to you, I'd rather not experience that knowing I have to come back because then I'll, this will forever feel not as good as that. I'd rather just not experience it at all. And you were like, what's that saying? Better it's to like, have never... loved than lost. Yeah. And it's so different. Like, I I don't want to know what, like, where the grass is greener, whatever that's You saying. didn't want the you know tease. I mean? Whereas yeah. Was like, whereas give it to You'd me. like, I'd rather experience it than not at all. Yeah. And then also what's actually happened, I think, is coming back, the things that I almost like dem- want slash demand from my life back in the UK have completely changed because I've realised that I can live another way. So, for example, um, oh, I don't know, like a commute to work. I know it's a bit different now in this COVID world of working from home. But in Australia, my commute was quite short and I did lots of things in the evenings and every weekend for example was like almost like a mini break because we would be super active and we'd go and explore different places and so on so I'm like well why can't I do all of those things in the UK like just because it's not as sunny doesn't mean I can live have a better commute to work do stuff uh, like on weekends and an evening and like I know almost like it encouraged me to live my life to the full and push myself to do things out of my comfort zone which I you know I could say oh well that was just in that chapter but actually no I want to take all those things that I did in Australia and then bring them back to the UK like I'm embarrassed actually of how little of the UK that I've seen I mean Mike I think there's definitely maybe being an um a bit um insular and London focused I was about to say I think it's more to do with how you growing up and we just get used to our little routines and you went to Australia and realized what life you and Mike want as your own family. Now you've come back and now you can have that rather than just doing what you did growing up. Exactly. And like I was saying, you know, like in like I've, I've barely seen any of the UK, if I'm being honest. And um, it's all because things like um, the Lake District's too far. It's four and a half hours away. I'm not going to drive there. In Australia, we would drive four and a half hours for a two-day weekend all the time. And because also that country is so vast and so big to go anywhere takes, you know, I don't know, an hour, two hours or whatever, almost like my perspective of distance has completely changed. So um, now I've said to Mike, as soon as we kind of settle down and find a place to live because we're very much recently moved back um I want to spend weekends visiting Bath I've never been to Bath I can't believe it or like you know I've never been to Liverpool I'm so embarrassed about the fact that I've not been to these amazing cities that everyone talks about and it was because it was too far like that's crazy I'm just gonna get in the car and drive yeah totally this is making me want to get in a car and drive by the way. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Yes. That's and Anna really hates sitting in a car and driving at the moment. <laughs> right so now. Yeah. Something. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people, when I put on Instagram that we were going to be talking to someone, I kept it vague. I was like, we're talking to someone who's moved abroad. abroad what questions do you have? A lot of people had questions about the move, like the initial moving. Like you talked earlier about like, oh, it's okay. We'll find a job. So did you guys not secure work before you went? Um. So... I did. So I'd say I didn't secure it. When I decided to move, I, we did not have a job. So I kind of quit my job and so on. And then as the move um, came closer and closer, you know, I did have that like, you know, slight panic attack where I'm like, oh, I'm going to like use any save, any very small savings that we have to um, to like kind of 
fly there and have a bit of a jolly when we first arrived. But then what, what happens next? Also didn't really know the job market in Australia that well, because I'd only ever been as a child visiting family rather than an adult. Um, didn't really have a network there in from a career perspective. Um, so yeah, I did have a, a little bit of anxiety about that. So what I did is start sending... Um, emails off to a whole bunch of different agencies because I work in innovation and developing new products and services so um, I started emailing kind of um, different agencies that I thought would be interesting to work for and I would say I heard back from I don't know what the percentage would be it was pretty low actually not that many people to these like prospective emails you know uh, but uh then what I did is I was like right the whole email thing to info at blah 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 um isn't really working for me so what I then started doing was write writing these emails and then like following up with phone calls to all the people and I used to like call them up and be like hi I was I'm hoping to find and I quickly googled the hiring managers or found them on LinkedIn or found them online and then eventually I like got through to some people and that's how like the interview started coming but if I would have just like sent off the info at ones of a prospective request I don't think I would ever have got so it definitely required like the chase up and so on and then um yeah definitely and quite I guess have to be fairly resilient because lots of people are like who are you this random girl you don't have any I've got a year's worth of work rights or something or one or two years but you know no one really wants to hire someone knowing that they're gonna have to get rid of them in a year or sponsor them um so uh but then eventually I I reached out to one agency and called them for the follow up and then things got rolling started doing interviews at like um crazy time zone like interviews to the point where I totally miss, messed up one where there was like a um a time change where I thought I was going to be interviewing at 6am which was still quite early but actually it transpired that I was interviewing at 5am so I was like waking up at 4 30 in the morning getting dressed and showering and putting my face on to do interviews um yeah and so then what happened was eventually after that about five rounds of interviews or something um got got secured the job and as a part of the um kind of negotiation process I we agreed that he would sponsor me Wow. Okay. What does that mean? Um, I don't really know what that means. Yeah. So um, if you move to Australia and you're under a certain age, I think at that time it was 31, but don't quote me on that. You get like two years of where you can work in any job. Um, But after those two years, or it may even be a year, sorry, I'm a bit rusty with exactly the details. But but then after that period of time, whether it be one year or two years, um, either you have to leave or you have to go and do farm work to extend um, the amount of time you're allowed to stay in the country. And I didn't really want to to do farm work. Um, and so being sponsored actually means that you can stay for an indefinite period of time whilst you're working in that particular role. So it was quite a big deal to get sponsored. Um, and then uh, once you're sponsored, you can kind of stay. And also it allows 
you um, a possible path to becoming a permanent resident of that country, which has a whole bunch of other benefits, which I won't bore you with all the details. But it was important to have the sponsorship because it made it feel a bit more secure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, otherwise you're thinking, oh, a year down the line, two years down the line, we're looking at going home. What are we going to do about accommodation? Like, yeah, there's a bit more of a time scale on it, right? If you're sponsored, you're like, oh, we could be here for five years, 10 years. Yeah, I think our families, in a way, were a little bit um, sad that we got sponsored because um, I... You know, if it one or two years, whatever it was, I can't remember. It's quite finite, whereas this sponsorship kind of opens up this door and no one knows when that door will be closed on us. Um, so they were a bit sad about that. I think I'm not sure if they... Maybe I didn't even truly explain the full situation for to them because I didn't want them to be upset. There was quite a lot of that, actually, before going. Yeah. And in terms of like where you were going to live, did you sort out accommodation before? Like, did you stay with family and friends? I actually can't even remember. I genuinely feel like I'm asking you these questions <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> we went out and stayed with, f- I actually had family. So we stayed there for quite a few weeks, actually, when we first arrived to kind of get our feet and so on. Um, if it, I didn't, ha- if I, you know, obviously that's quite specific, having family in a new location. But I think if I had friends, I would have stayed with them for a few weeks just because it's it's um, a big decision, obviously, choosing where to live. And you usually have to, like, sign rental agreements for, like, a year with a six-month break clause and so on. So I wanted, we wanted to be sure that we had a bit of an explore before we settled. So I would say, as advice to anyone who was thinking moving, I would just get a Airbnb where you can negotiate a cheaper um, long-term rent. So say for like a month or something, and um, and then use that time to explore where you wanna be. Because, you know, before actually, interestingly, I thought I was really desperate to be um, in a, eastern suburbs which is like where all the beaches are and so on and that's what I really wanted and we got there and actually we realized that we couldn't afford that we we were like well we can either have like a you know two-bedroom terraced little house with a garden in where we ended up living which was in the inner west of Sydney or we can have like a one-bedroom no outdoor space by the beach and I was thinking oh, we we wanted family and friends to come and stay with us, which they did all the time. And so having two bedrooms was really important to us. So we actually like gave up being right by the beach and ha- and the beach being 15 minute drive in order to have better. But I would never have known any of these things yeah. in the UK. So it was really important to get there and actually live and breathe it. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise you would have made a decision that would have been completely wrong for you. I have a very boring question. This is always what I think. This is coming from someone who is very organized in some parts of their life, but also has only just updated their driving license like four years later. How hard is it to set up the boring stuff? Like the bank accounts, like all that kind of stuff. Is that a real faff? <laughs> Obviously that's not gonna put you off moving, but just like the logistics of that. Yeah. Um, boring, but not hard. 
I would say like boring it is boring like um also there is there is also something about because it's not forever like I never thought I was going to live in Australia forever I was way less picky about things you know like uh when I moved back to this country just a few weeks ago I was trying to negotiate what phone provider what they called like ee whatever those provide phone contract to get oh my god it was so stressful because i it was like i felt like i was entering into some sort of like forever agreement with this horrible provider who was probably going to overcharge me anyway and you know and i don't even i barely even know how to use it so i was like uh really grumpy about it whereas when i got to australia i was like right well this contract's for a year two years max and so I almost, I don't even think we shopped around that much. I was like, this seems like an all right price. Sense checked it with one of my mates and then got it. So it's yeah. almost like your relationship with all the boring, same with my bank, like here, now I'm setting up new bank accounts and I'm like completely analysing, you know, every little bit of interest for like my non-existent amount of money in there. And it's like, who cares? We're talking about like a few pence each month. But I like, I'm really taking it all very seriously. Whereas in Australia, I was like, I like this app, this banking app, this will be fine. And then that's how we chose the bank. So it's almost- It also must've made such a difference that it was an English speaking country. Like, can you imagine doing this somewhere where you don't speak the language must be a logistical nightmare yeah I mean I think um there are services actually I'm familiar with like a few services where um like with internet like if you're moving abroad somewhere you don't speak the language which you would I I think I actually would even maybe pay for someone to do it for me probably to like there are things I think I've once heard about it where you can like move to the country and get like a pack where you like it's like your starter pack with all those essential like utilities and stuff resolved for you but yeah I mean it would have been very difficult it's true um the thing is is that speaking English is helpful and even like I'm thinking about had I gone to Spain for example which would have was always a dream of mine to go and live in Spain um I think uh it's yeah yeah true D- diff- doable but you can find someone who usually can speak english but then you become that english person who you know doesn't speak the language and you feel a bit embarrassed about it um i actually have a friend this is this is just reminding me i'm like we've got another i've got another friend that i need to talk to who can provide like some good advice that we can talk about in the intro um she lived in madrid for a couple of years and she always tells a story of going to the doctors and trying to get um, treatment for acne. And she was like, it was, ve- but you know, she's speaking her Spanish, doctor speaking their Spanish. She ends up going back. The doctor has died. Like it was, <laughs> she's like, it was a whole thing <laughs> trying to get it. But the thing is, is you work it out. She she says like, you know, she took her friends with her, Spanish friends with her. She worked out like it. It feels like such a barrier, but she. I mean, she has some great stories from it, and she got her medication in the end. <laughs> and all these, all these, all that's exactly what it becomes. Is like comes a great story, a little anecdote to your like <laughs> weird, anecdote. crazy experience, and that's just like if I now have started thinking of my life more as chapters, um, not to kind of take the analogy too far, but. Um, that's just like a funny little tidbit of, you know, which kind of goes in and at the time it's quite painful, but then it becomes quite funny and you're like, oh my God, can't believe that happened to me. And then, um, yeah, so I think that it's, you, it, anything is possible, really. I mean, not to sound, I don't, that sounds a bit cheesy, but anything is possible and you can overcome most stuff. And especially if you speak English, 
that helps. It's not like you're coming in and speaking a language that not very many people know. Yeah. Oh my God, we're so spoiled with that. You go anywhere and people will speak a bit of English. We're, yeah, it's terrible. Um, so you, you get there and you've sorted out your bank accounts and you've kind of figured out a bit where you want to live and you start settling in a bit. Um, another thing that came up a lot, which I think people are really anxious about, is how do you even begin to start like making friends in a new place, in a new country? Well, can I just say that I feel like this needs a disclaimer. Hannah is the most friendly person I, I know and will literally walk up to someone in the street and be like, hi, do you want to be my friend? Yeah. So that's the disclaimer yeah. here. I am actually but that still, desperate continue. for me now. I've recently moved out of London looking for any. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not allowed to make new friends. So. <laughs> um, okay, right. Got Yeah, I thought that could be a question because it was a question for me before I moved. So couple of things that I think are helpful is that um, it's quite, I found it quite helpful trying to build, maybe not friends because it feels a little bit forced, but build relationships and networks even before you arrive. So like, as an example, there are loads of Australians in in England, loads of them. And so... um, and in my case, like a friend mar- was marrying or engaged to an Australian person. And we kind of therefore knew we were moving to Australia and therefore, I guess, like made an effort with that person to, you know, it was more natural. That sounds a bit kind of calculated. But um, but of course, I was like, oh, you're Aussie. Like, let's talk about it. We're moving to Australia. And then the natural friendship grew. And then actually, eventually, they moved back to uh, to Australia whilst we were living in Australia. So all of a sudden, by being proactive about making friends before I'd even left, I then had a great friend when she moved to Australia. So things like that is is definitely... Okay, and there's loads of stuff like on social media and like, and, and so on. Um, so that's one thing b- before you leave. Um, the second, uh, other, the second thing, how did I make friends? I think, th- okay, so through work is a big yeah. one, like major. I mean, pretty obvious, but um, whether you're working in a bar, strawberry picking on a farm, working in an office like I was, um, you know, you're bound to find other like-minded people. The the thing, what I would say, kind of caveat, is um, often it can be hard to make friends with people from that city or country and you end up becoming quite friendly with other expats living abroad because, of course, just like me, they were like, hey, I'm looking for friends too. You seem to be, you look, you, you seem to be a bit desperate. I'm a bit desperate. Shall we hang out? <laughs> Um, uh, but in all seriousness so you end up having quite a lot of friends who are either English or not just English but other expats um, as well but what that means is that they're they tend to be more like I found open to doing stuff and saying yes and so on because of course they have less plans because they don't have all their family and all their school friends and all their uni friends and all those type of friends that they're also seeing on the weekend so that's so definitely through work is another one and within that like expats at work for sure um having a baby I had a baby there having left England because everyone was having them I went and had one in a foreign country which you know I cannot believe you had a baby like it's not even like you lived an hour away Australia is the other side of the world the time difference is a pain Mm. You had a baby in Australia. That's massive. Yeah, that is. It was um, 
Uh, it was a big deal, actually. More, like, I have friends that live abroad who came back to have their baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people probably are a bit more sensible than I am. <laughs> um, but they, the good thing about having a baby abroad is that you make loads of friends via having babies. So not just things like the equivalent of NCT and mother's groups and all that kind of stuff, um, but also just like hanging out in playgrounds. Um, even for the most shy of people, I know you say that like I make friends and talk to everyone, um, even like super introverted people, you kind of can't not talk to another mum when your child is like, you know, you know, having an argument over a sand pit or whatever you just end up talking and you're like oh god how embarrassing (laughs) oh lord but you know you end up chatting to parents in playgrounds and actually so many people I chatted to and then I thought oh they're pretty nice and then you know the next day because it was a local playground they're there again and then the next thing in fact yeah so like you having a baby helps for sure definitely opened a whole new new type of friend um and I know that some of your English friends as well that you have out there kind of almost became family to you. Like you said, because you both don't have family there, you become each other's family, which is really nice. I actually think your friend, it's like friendship on steroids. For like Christmas Day or something. Yeah, because you're having see Christmas them, Day right? with them and you're, yeah. you have a baby and rather than your mum or whatever being able to like bring you food, your best, like your friends are. So you go from being from meeting people and knowing them to being really, really close in a very small, short space of time, which is quite intense, but amazing. It's why your friends, um, it's why your friends from living abroad are really kind of different. You don't have like, whilst you don't have the history of, oh, do you remember that funny time when Mr. Craze did this? You know, (laughs) that's a really niche reference for Lily. The primary school teachers that we had together. Um, But you don't have those stories. But what you do have is like this year of intense friendship where it's like everything's fast tracked and you've spent loads of time there with them. So, um, so yeah, having a baby, having a baby, open friends. I'm just thinking of any other moments where I made friends. How how did you? Whilst you're thinking, how did you like build build those new relationships whilst also maintaining all your relationships at home? That's true, especially with that time difference. Yeah, how do you? I think you end up becoming really um, like brutal with your time and who you decide to invest it in when you're abroad. That sounds horrible, but I think it's just the reality of it. Is that there's especially with Australia. Like, you know, Anna, you were saying earlier, like, you only have these, like, weird windows of opportunity to speak to people, like, really early or really late. So in my hour before when I'm walking to work or whatever, it's like, I have a choice of who to call. And, like, obviously your family, mum, dad, my brother is on that list. But then it's like, of my friends, who is it? Who who who's the, Who are the ones? And it transpires that you actually go from, you know... I had like a fairly large group of friends and they were all quite eclectic friends. I don't have my personal, I don't have like a massive friendship group where everyone knows everyone. I have like lots of different friends from different parts of my life. And I just had to say like in my head, I almost, I don't actually know if it, I had made, I made such a decision to do it. But I think what happened was, is that there were some people who, 
I just felt in my heart, I really want to like maintain this relationship. This relationship's really important to me for whatever reason. And then invested in that. And they were the ones who I chose to call on my work way to work. And when it, like when you invest the time and they people really appreciate you calling them at, you know, it's your, you, it's, I would wake up early to call Lily, for example, and not have lions on weekends, even when it was like, my day to have a lion versus Mike when we were like um, looking after Louie, I wouldn't have my lion and I would wake up and call Lily or whatever it is. So it's about doing things like that, like prior, I guess prioritising the people who are really important and you really care about. It's not to say that the people who you don't prioritise you don't love, but there's only a finite amount of time in a day. Mm. I remember when you had Louis as well, because the time difference was so tricky, especially when like you've just had a baby, we would send each other videos so that we could like play them whenever we had the time, but it still felt like you were talking to the person because it was like visual and audio. It wasn't just texting. So we sent videos back and forth for ages. Yeah, and audio notes were so good because you could just like texting yeah. is so boring. Like, especially when you want, yeah. that's fine if it's like a short exchange, but if you want to actually talk about things and how you're feeling, and especially with the like mad roller coaster when you have a baby. In fact, Lily did some really funny things where I would video um, in those early, <laughs> in those early weeks when I had, um, when I had Louie, um, I used to send Lily videos and it would be like, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning, my time, dark all around me, and just this face of like this little face <laughs> in the darkness with a pump attached to my boob going like, eh, eh. anyone who's pumped before will know that noise. It's just the pits. It's like, eh, eh, with like the milk coming out. And I was literally like, have my phone up and be like, hey, Lil, living my best life here, babe. <laughs> And then when he was like three months old and you were like, yeah, I find it really hard because X, Y, Z, I would just send you that video from when he was like four weeks old and be like, but look how much you've improved it's since like, then. It's like, how far you've come. And I was like, yikes, they were quite dark actually, those pumping days. But um, but I think that is a major tangent. I don't even know where I was going with that. So sorry. No, I think you're right. Voice notes are incredible. Like me and my sister send voice notes. We call them podcasts. When she was working on fruit picking farm, she'd stick her phone in her bra and just talk to me for like 20 minutes. Like they were, they're long, they're very long, <laughs> but it's nice. It's a, it's a good way of keeping in contact if you're on different time zones. Yeah. Sure. Also, um, like even now, actually, I found like, so I'm working now and I, everyone I speak to, I never, ever call. I always FaceTime or WhatsApp video because I'm just so, I, when I was in Australia, I craved seeing people's faces, like seeing oh. Lily's face, or my mum and dad's face or something like that, that I, um, I never would call them. So, um, so yeah, so it's definitely like a major FaceTime WhatsApp thing where I was, would always be like wanting to see them and see their reactions yeah. and stuff. And I think I'm kind of, what? like animated and kind of quite like you can tell everything by my face so I just like like having that face so um yeah so that was another thing Um, did did you did you ever get FOMO of like all the things going on at home here with like family and friends or did you not totally I missed my grandma's 90th birthday that was pretty horrific um that was FOMO but big time I felt really that wasn't even FOMO like oh all my friends are together that was like you know, when they get into their 90s, you kind of think each birthday is super important. And I felt 
I actually felt that was probably a low point actually of like feeling really sad that I wasn't there in this like major family event um when you had gray that was like a major like kind of like even now I'm like oh, I feel like I'm gonna cry about it but I feel like those kind of like major life events um when my brother had his second child um make you feel far away I guess I felt very far yeah. away and I felt very isolated and like lonely and um yeah I felt you kind of like start questioning the decision I yeah. think um but um all those things all those examples are like really amazing happy experience happy moments in that person's life so the fact that you've missed it shouldn't really like overshadow how amazing it was um but that I think I guess what I did do is and I remember like being at work and you being in the hospital and like me being like you know what I'm prioritizing going to speak to Lily and it's like the time was terrible for me in the sense that I was like in the midst of like working and emails and stuff and I was like whatever this is more important so it's basically like choosing talking to Lily in hospital also sorry going back just about how do you maintain friendships just it made me remember is that I have like a group of there's like three couples um which are we're very all very close and we have like a whatsapp group which is super active and even though like sometimes you would wake up and be like well I've got 27 whatsapps or 50 whatsapps or whatever from them that was like a really um kind of active group and so I always felt like I was like part of the joke, even though the joke would come to me like 12, I would get the joke 12 hours later, but I still could like be like, ha ha ha, you know, like I felt in on, on the joke. So like in terms of FOMO, um, also, I guess we were really on the FOMO point. Um, I, I don't want to say fortunate. That's, I mean, Australia has obviously not been affected by COVID at nowhere near the way that the UK was the lockdown that we had they're actually in lock Sydney's in lockdown now at the moment but you know initial lockdown phase was a few months I think so it was much less severe and so actually I used to speak to my friends and then be like you're not missing out on anything all we're doing is like sitting in our house um so I didn't have that much FOMO during COVID but yeah I think um yeah, that there were there were moments in in the in the well, however long I was away, three and a half years, um, where I felt felt really yeah, definitely really sad for not being there, and those were like these like life moments. Um, and in those moments, like, how do you deal with like the pressure? Because you must get the pressure the whole time. People being like, "When are you coming home? When are you coming home?" But when you're having a great time, you're just like, "Whatever." But when you're feeling a bit vulnerable, <laughs> that must hit harder. Do people ask that? Because I, I feel like we, we don't ask my sister. But did you have people be you're, like you're ve- Anna's family are very kind? <laughs> <laughs> different, different to what we used. She's to coming home, bubble. and we were all like, "Why?" Like, "Oh my god, New Zealand <laughs> is the best." Um, but did do people ask that seriously I would say there were that I would say like I can't I'm shocked that you're saying you don't ask that to your sister because really? I had it so often yeah yeah oh yeah I, I, I think I was very considerate I really tried not to do that was I one of the better ones please tell me I was I mean relatives <laughs> oh. like a relative <laughs> she's not gonna say it she's not gonna say it <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Um, I, I think it's relative. It's, it is, in all seriousness, I do think it's relative. And I think it's the, the scale. So this is so, this is like a personal experience. Not, I don't think this is the case. But in, in my case, it was almost like how, um, clo- how close they were. Oh, no, is that even true? So, wait, hang on, let me think about that. Because that I don't want to be unfair to my family and close friends, including Lily. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think what I would say is people at the beginning asked me a lot. I think um, on reflection, we, did, we made a few mistakes. So what we did is we got there and we were like, holy crap, this is so amazing. Life's amazing. Wow, loving life. And then the year, which we had kind of said to our parents it was going to be a year, came so fast. We didn't really sit down and have a conversation with our parents to say, hey, we're really enjoying it, so we're going to extend it by another year. We didn't really ever have that. We kind of just, like, did a little bit of, like... Do you know what I mean? So we weren't... So, like, if I could do my time again, what I would do is say, okay, we we thought we were coming for a year, but you know what? We're having a really great time and we feel like there's lots more to give. We've got... Or Australia's got more to give us or we've got more to give Australia, I don't know. And had, like, a really open and honest conversation about it. Um, so that they were, they felt in the know of where our head was at. Um, but we didn't do that. And that, I think, then encourages people to be like, so what's your plan? What are you doing? Where are you going? You know, when are you coming home? People ask, if we had just said, actually, we're coming back in 2020, well, we ended up coming back in 2021, that was it. Everybody knew where they stood and everybody would, like, get on with their lives. But we kind of, I think, almost... Inadvertently strung people along. <laughs> yeah, I guess it. I guess it did feel a bit like that as a friend who I, I thought I was. No, you weren't good, Lily. No, you no, were. no, 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 no. No, but I, I guess it's a bit of like a. Oh, so yeah, it's like you just constantly think they're waiting. You don't know what the yeah, like you said, you just you just don't know the answer. You also might not. I had you your mum to deal with. Can I say you left me here with your crying mum? <laughs> I had to, I was the message every time I saw her she asked me when you were coming home I was like I don't know I know yeah I mean that is that is true um we yeah so I think that what we did was strung people along which um is like you know it's like a like a bad breakup keep going back for you know keep going back for a little bit um which is horrible so I think had we you know been more upfront and honest I think it was it wasn't that we lied I think it's just that we didn't know fully ourselves and we were so kind of caught up in having such a great time that we didn't really think oh actually the people at home who are our loved ones deserve to know so I actually regret that is a bit of a regret that I have and of if I could do my time again I would do it differently and um yes so we had friends I have like two friends in particular um Lily and Jem who you know were really are really close friends of mine who were very good at not putting pressure on and reminding me that you know you it's kind of my life and my decision and um and and that was very helpful yeah because what you 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 kind of you're gonna probably like the likelihood of getting that pressure from your parents of all the people they're probably the people who give you the most pressure to come back what you don't want is a whole bunch of friends doing it and that's I was very lucky because I had friends who were quite supportive of us doing it I just think we probably should have been a bit more open and honest 
and John. But also, I just think you don't know the plan. This is what, what I have with my sister is like, she doesn't know. So like, even if we're like, hey, cool, like, so what, what are you doing next? She's like, I'm not really sure. <laughs> like, so when she said she was coming back, everyone was really shocked. I think we got so used to her being away that actually she was like, oh, I'm coming back. And we were like, really? <laughs> like, that, that's true, actually. I mean, that's the thing is that you don't really know, but what you can do is keep the, you're the ones who care the most more abreast with where your heads are and that's what I think we didn't yes, do is that we true. I think that that yeah I think that if I'm honest maybe that was probably yeah a bit unfair of us and if it, I guess if you don't know to say you don't know like yeah it, it you don't have to have a plan but yeah I guess you're right just your nearest and dearest just where your head is at so I don't think it was, as far as I'm aware, I don't think it was in your plan to have a baby, your first baby on the other side of the world. Um, did you, like, did you debate coming back to have him? And then, like, obviously you had him there. What were the kind of challenges that came with that? I mean, I can't even imagine. I think we decided that um, we were going to stay there quite early on. So, I mean, we didn't get pregnant by accident um so it, you know there was there was like you know an awareness and like planning so it wasn't like oh my gosh what are we gonna do now I, I'm suddenly pregnant shall we go home it wasn't like that um but we never really we made it yeah we made a decision pretty early that we were I was gonna stay because um we felt like we hadn't finished what we we felt like there was still so much for us to do and um if anything, being pregnant encouraged us to do more because we were like, oh, wow, like before we got to do all these things before having a baby, like Mike wanted to do an Ironman. He was like, oh, I've got to do this Ironman before the baby comes and stuff like that because he knew that like life just gets turned upside down. Um, So no, I don't think we ever really seriously thought about coming home. That being said, I think we were completely naive as everybody is before they have a baby around what support you need and so on and how much and like it actually I found it like a little bit annoying from like um parents and close friends kind of like reminding me of how much support you need because obviously you know it's like one of those things that until you live it you don't really live it and therefore um I was quite naive so um Louis came two weeks early and my parents were only due to arrive two or three days after his due date so we I had these two and a half weeks where I had given birth but didn't have my um parents or my in-laws around so that's like when I was saying that friends just like totally stepped up too like my two really close friends Sarah and Naomi just like basically became my mum and dropped food packages and so on and all the time so um yeah so so I'm not sure did I really answer your question Lil sorry yeah Yeah. it that you weren't going to come back and that it was bloody hard but he did it and Louis had an amazing first year of his life in Australia yeah and there's definitely like so if anyone did have a baby without family support, which, by the way, likes everybody does, so many people do, how fortunate that we're even having this conversation that we, you know, now yeah. have have family support. But um, it's, what I would say is it 
definitely shows you like who your really great friends are because they like step up to the plate and like um often the friends are the ones who have lived that experience and know how hard it is are are obviously and understandably really 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 useful um I would say that um as like a couple like Mike and I whilst it was like incredibly difficult in those especially those like for that first like three to six months which is was is quite a challenge anyway for any any new parents um it made us like this and I actually think it really strengthened our relationship not not really having much help because we had to become like really good at communicating even when you're really tired um and you have to just get really good at like the doing the hard stuff when you're really tired and really stressed out but it's just the two of you and there's no let up so you basically become a really tight unit so actually for our relationship it was really good and and, and now as a three I think we've got like a quite a you know special little bond that we've kind of lived this without any help um that being said having been back the help is fabulous um, <laughs> um but I think that yeah like I think probably I mean Mike also didn't have paternity leave so like he went back to work on I think it was like the like third or fourth day of like is that because he was too new to his job yeah he was quite new to his job or yeah and um so yeah it was uh those early days were very hard but um I think that's why like you must forget them because that's why you do it again. That's why people have more than yes, yeah, so I can guys. vouch for that. Yeah. yeah. Also, I don't know if this is just an assumption, but I felt like once you'd had Louis, your feelings towards coming home changed quite drastically. Was that one of the big deciding factors of coming home? Yeah, it was. Like I definitely noticed like a quite a big shift. Before that, you just never spoke about it. It was just like mm, and everyone was like, she's not coming back, and then suddenly it was like, oh quite like being their family yeah. and so what happened was also like our, my parents came out and then they left and then Mike's parents came out and so that I I'd actually then ended up having like on and on and off six weeks of like parents being really close to us and actually previously I had always thought it was really all about um them missing out on Louis but actually when they spent time with Louis, what I realised is Louis would miss out on by not spending time with them. And I had and never really... seen them together as well. Yeah, like I had Which never really thought nice about it. it. In my head, it was like, oh, my parents and Mike's parents just want to spend time with Louis and they're upset that they're not doing it. But actually what I realised is, is that Louis got loads of benefit from spending time yeah. with them. And that element I hadn't really thought of before. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It was like a total shift in like gear whatever our mentality changed because I not only didn't want to deprive them of Louis but I didn't want to deprive Louis of them because they offer so so much love and like I only have like a couple of friends who offer like a like just such love for your child your that that your child and only other people like grandparents is really it is a different type of love and um yeah so that was I guess the main driver of it I mean look in saying that I have like lots of friends who have stayed in Australia and have I have growing up and they're away um I think that 
I probably would have only done it, stayed there if like our parents could have come out for like long extended periods of time. Like not the two week holiday, but like if my parents said to me, oh, we'll come out and we'll spend six months of the year or, you know, three months of the year or whatever it is in Australia and we'll do that, I'd be like, cool, then I would consider it a bit more. But for me personally, yeah. it was super important. Like my grandparents were a major part of my growing up and my life. I have a really close relationship with my grandma, um, like Lily, you know her well. And, you know, she's like very much part of my life. She's not this like old lady who I never see. She's, you know, I see her all the time. <laughs> she, yeah, she is amazing. Um, so, and I wanted that for Louis. But, you know, yeah. it's doable without parents. It's hard, it's doable. I think, I mean, it's hard whether you have support or you don't. But, um, but yeah, for me, it was important and it was a major driver. And actually, um, once my, our, the grandparents saw Louie talking of whether, when they asked, talking about how much they, people asked, are you coming home? Suddenly the questions were like, whoop, yeah. much more frequent. <laughs> and actually we realised no one really, no one really gave a shit about me or Mike. Everyone just said about <laughs> Louie. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly it changed. It is literally like, suddenly it's like, and then we came to visit. We, oh, we did, oh, this was good actually. Not answering a question, but a little anecdote is that um, Louis was, it was, Louis was three months old and we went to, um, we came and did a surprise visit for Christmas. That was, talking about like highlights in the old chapter, this would have been one of them. But um, yeah, we did the old like knock on the door surprise. Yeah. And that is an example of like, we couldn't decide whether to do it and flights were really expensive. And we were like, oh, what are we doing? We like, Should we spend the money and do it? Like, th- this is literally like the week before we were like, we've been like toying with it and stuff. And then we were just like, oh, bugger it. We're going to do it. And we booked them and then we flew and we didn't tell anyone. And it was just Apart from Lily. Was I in on this? Yes, I think I had to organise all, make sure Louis had a cot and like I vaguely remember. Yeah, I mean, I got to my parents' house as a surprise and there was an entire nursery because Lily had like kitted it out with all of her stuff. I remember this. Oh my God, Hannah, you're going to make me cry. Like this is just too much like thinking of this moment. Oh my God. Wow. It was even like, it, it was such an amazing moment and we did it separately. So we did like my parents um because um we're from my parents from in london and we did the knock straight from heathrow and that and spent like two days with them but at the same time mike's parents who don't live in london didn't know we were in england and so we were like messaging being like you know trying to like pretend that we were in a different time zone and all that kind of stuff and then we drove up and did the knock there so we had like in all in all i think we had something and then we did all the surprises for grandparents we did it we really milked it we were like we're gonna really milk this by the end we were like well i'm a bit over all these surprises but but um it was amazing it was brilliant it was so good someone asked which i thought was a really interesting question would you still have moved if you knew you weren't able to come back? Oh, oh, that's <laughs> like you that's always juicy. knew it was going to be like a f- one or f- a th- few years. But like, if it was like permanent or nothing. Oh my god! Whoever wrote, asked that question that is such a good question. It's also really mean. Yeah, it is a mean question, but it's a really good question. Um, I think the answer is. 
I think the answer is, is that I would not have gone because being, and like, I'm just too close. I care too much about being close to my family um, and my, like, and those, like, real tight friends that I have. Um, however, look, I feel very fortunate that, you know, there are actually people who have to make that choice in life because of, like, yeah. circumstantial things. And I feel really lucky that I'm not one of those people and that, you know, like, how privileged... This is this is the thing, is that I feel so privileged. I've got this whole world... And, OK, COVID... Excluding COVID from now, but, like... And I can go anywhere. I mean, like, I've got a British passport. Like, I just feel like, in a way, if you don't use it, I'm like... Oh, it's just, like, it's such a privilege to be able to, like, travel and go abroad and not even think about it when so many people can't travel, can't go abroad, either because of, like, you know political reasons or whatever it is it's like I just feel like I've got to take this opportunity that I was literally just lucky to be born in the you know this country that is literally why I have this opportunity so that's why I'm you know gosh I think yeah. I think you know you get the picture I could go on and that's that, you know that's my uh, that's totally. my UN round totally <laughs> that was a great answer someone else also asked what is the one thing from Australia that you wish you could have brought back home with you Vegemite, so what? much. What is that? Is that Marmite? But veggie. It's like a bet. No, oh Lily, Lily, <laughs> Lily. I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> Lily, it's like imagine Marmite, but more like tar. Oh, Marmite's already quite like no, it's tar. Thicker than Marmite. It's just it, I, way better than Marmite. I actually got it back and I had Marmite on a crumpet the other day, and I was like, really? But I'm sure that would. This is quite a controversial comment, so I'm, you know, expecting a bit How of hate. How do you even spread it if it's thicker than Marmite? It's already a tricky. And the best thing is, is that it's quite funny when when uh, we went to this. Um, sleep school oh side note oh, oh another story whatever but anyway the the nurses at this sleep school well, i'll tell you about it another time um they gave they said give your child vegemite because it's full of vitamins and whether they've been brainwashed by the australian government to think that vegemite is good for you or not it then allowed me it gave me the license to eat vegemite on everything so oh like brown amazing separate sourdough toast vegemite and avocado with lemon it's like Oh yes. Oh, can we get oh, it avocado? Here? Like... Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. I want to try oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah. Um, can you get it here? Uh, there must be Australian shops. Yeah, somewhere. there must be an Australian shop. You could probably can't you buy even buy everything on Amazon these days, can't you? That sounded like my mum that comment, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so so apart from the veggie, might put that aside. The thing that I, the thing that I could bring back, I mean. If this is obviously impossible, what I'm about to say, but um, this the sky <laughs> that is what I'm missing the most, if I'm honest. It's you know what, I don't mind the sun, I don't care about the temperature. It's just in Australia, and I tried to explain this to some of my Australian friends about the, the sky, and they were like, That's so random, but it is just this, it's so expansive in Australia. The yeah, blue, the 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 quality of the blue is just superior to even when it's a sunny day here and it just goes it feels like it stretches until the end of the earth this blue sky yeah. it's so vast and so spectacular and just being able to 
like open my window and we have this amazing view of the harbour bridge in this sky and it just goes and goes and goes and it makes you feel like wow anything's possible um but obviously that's not possible here so <laughs> so it'll have to be Vegemite then no I think it will be Vegemite <laughs> Vegemite it is and then to round things off like the final the final thought and reflection what is one thing you wish you'd known before moving? A nugget you can pass on to someone who might be thinking about doing the same thing. It's probably all going to be all right. Love that. I think that is what I had. It's taken a lot of time for me to be able to feel that way. Um, but... I think before I left, I got very wrapped up in feeling anxious about leaving and all these things like being far away from my parents and my really good friends and missing out on stuff and health concerns and all that kind of stuff. And then you get back and now I've done this whole three and a half years and I've kind of like slotted back into life. And not that much has changed, really. Like, there's a few more houses, a few more babies, you know, running around. Um, But nothing really has changed. And so going, you think, is this, like, major life thing, which it is. Of course it is. But you come back and you slot in and the people who love you still love you. And the friends that you love are still your friends that you love. And the things that you laugh at are still the things that you laugh at. And... So I guess all the anxiety, and trust me, I had plenty, um, of moving. And even whilst you're away, all the anxiety of not being at home. And then you come back and you think, it was all all right. Why did I worry about it? Like your parents or your family who love you, they still love you when you come back. So like your friends who you love spending time with, it's still there when you come back, um, if they're good friends. Um, And I guess... all the things that you were worrying about before you left and all the things that I definitely worried about when I was there I have come back and I'm like oh it's it's all right it's okay like you know it just it probably will be all right the thing that you're the and so the worries I wouldn't let it stop you from doing it I think is what I'm saying is that because the worries for me definitely could have been so big that I would never have gone and I just I made like a real conscious decision to go and I'm really glad I did it because I could have easily just been like, whoa, too many worries, it's too much. There's too many reasons not to go. And then I wouldn't have yeah. gone and I wouldn't have had this amazing experience. But actually, you know, it probably will be all right. Yeah. And you've had this incredible chapter. I feel, honestly, I feel very inspired. I think our listeners are really going to enjoy listening to your experience. Like, I'm ready to get in the car and drive, drive to, to Bath immediately. Yeah, drive to drive, Bath. Yeah, let's go to the Lake District. Let's go. Let's go. Why not? <laughs> Life's too short. Oh, that was great. Are you obsessed with Hannah as much as I am? <laughs> Afterwards, we were like, Hannah, you should do your own podcast. And she texted me. She was like, Mike thinks I should do my own podcast now. I was like, yes, you should. But the catch is you have to join Instagram and actually be online. (laughs) Hannah's like the anti-social media. I'm like, you can't have a podcast and not tell anyone about it. (laughs) Yeah, put it in the Facebook group. Does Hannah need a podcast? Yes. Yes, Yes, she does. So start a petition. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. I feel like this is going to be a long episode, so I feel like we should oh, leave yeah. it here. Yes, for sure. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. Join the At Home with Facebook group to join in the conversation and sending your questions for upcoming episodes, of which there is one left. There is one left. Lily actually put something in the group to say, like, what do you want to see for that, for the grand finale? So we would love your feedback. You can find us on social media and YouTube. I'm Lily Pebbles. Anna's at the Anna Edit. And thank you so much to our producer and editor, Joel Grove, who is very patient and doesn't mind hearing us talk about bras. (laughs) We'll be back next week for the grand finale. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.